This is the Church Planting Podcast, brought to you by the Broadcast Network. Broadcast exists to support, train and encourage church planters. For more information about who we are or about the training that we offer, please visit our website at www.thebroadcastnetwork.org. Hello and welcome to episode 54 of the Broadcast Church Planting Podcast. This month on Broadcast, we're talking all about how to pace a church plant, and I recently had the opportunity to catch up with Colin Barron about the different phases in the life of a church plant. And today we're going to bring you that conversation that I had with Colin. If you'd like more content on how to pace a church plant, we've got a hangout coming up with Mark Mumford from Salt and Light Churches on Thursday, November the 24th at 7.30pm UK time. You can find more information about this at www.thebroadcastnetwork.org. And if you'd like the full notes on this interview with Colin, visit www.thebroadcastnetwork.org slash episode 54. Hi Colin, so this month on broadcast we're talking about the pace of a church plant and I know you often talk about the different stages that you go through in church planting so could you just tell us what those stages are? Okay, well first of all there's the kind of planning, dreaming stage then there's the pioneering stage and then there's actually planting and I guess when it's got to a certain point, you could say it's planted. Okay, so the four Ps, I like the alliteration there. So it'd be good to just talk to you about each of those stages and what we do when we're in them and how we know when it's time then to move on to the next stage. Just start off just by telling us about the planning stage. I'm guessing this is for someone who, uh, they've got this dream of a church plant, um, but it's kind of a bit of a pipe dream in their head at the moment. Um what should someone be doing if they've got these dreams uh, in order to start moving towards getting them into reality? Well, planning is a, 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 could be an overstatement uh, as well as a, a, a good thing. I mean, in the Bible, we sometimes see uh, church plants that had no planning. There was persecution and people uh, literally had to flee and uh, they talked about Jesus as they went. But uh, for some people, it would be the fact that they've been feeling God speaking to them about going to a certain city, country, um, region, and uh, they've got some time. And so some of the planning will be how do they relocate their family, if they've got a family, um, where do they live. For me, when I came to Manchester, I visited the city on uh, a few occasions, looked where the best place to live, um, looked uh, about the other churches that were in the area, Um, the type of um, people groups that were there. So planning can be as little as fleeing persecution, which is no planning, to quite detailed planning in terms of how you're going to fund it, the church plant, uh, how you're going to gather the the people. So uh, that's a very broad thing. But I guess uh, the more planning you can do, the more helpful sometimes it is. Um, And also part of the planning could be are you going to do a singular church plant? Is that what you're doing? Or uh, are you going to uh, do multiple church plants? Now, for me, I'm, I'm a serial church planter and think multiplication is all the time. So I tend to think of a, a, a city or a region and think, OK, don't let's start one. Let's start three, four, five, six. So part of the planning is from get go. How do we build that in to what we're doing? 
So it sounds like a lot of the things you're talking about are gathering information, asking some questions, deciding on strategy, um, all of which is uh, very important. In terms of this planning stage from a relationships point of view, what are the key conversations to have? Who do we need to be talking to and um, dreaming with uh, at this planning stage? Okay, well, I think there's a, a few different people. I think one is, if you're going into an area that actually has some existing churches, part of it is actually building some relationships mm-hmm. with uh, the uh, church leaders in that area so that they understand what you're doing, the reason for your coming and how your uh, church plant will actually benefit the whole so that's uh, one. Another is actually uh, looking to people who can move with you. So looking at the team that you can gather. So often you're actually gathering your team in that planning stage and uh, you're actually casting vision. You're uh, looking at the key people who uh, need to move with you. Good. So, so once you've done that and you're planning and you're feeling like you're ready to move on to the next stage, which you call pioneering, what are your kind of next few moves then to get the ball rolling? Okay, I'll answer that. I'm just on the planning stage, um, I think some people can over-plan. Okay. So there's a, it's, a, it's a strange thing, but the more you plan, sometimes the more the mountain seems to be a big mountain. And uh, so the planning is great, but faith is greater. Yeah. And uh, so, okay, so pioneering. So pioneering for me, just thinking in the natural world when we're, when we're pioneering, if someone's climbing Everest, the pioneers are the first people to put their feet on base camp there. Yes. Actually getting to the, to the start. So those early pioneers, whether they're people that open up new continents, uh, people who were the sailors finding their way rather than other, actually the people who go and do it. So for me, the pioneers are um, the first people there. Sometimes the first people there are not the key leaders. Mm-hmm. So uh, often I've uh, followed people. Yeah. So we went to Manchester because two couples got job relocations during a recession in the United Kingdom. And so they were asking, is anybody going to come with us to actually lead a church plant? And that's basically how I got there. So in a sense, although... People thought of me as the pioneer because me and my family relocated there. Actually, there was two families that were already moved in and they opened their home. So our first meetings were actually in their home. OK, so someone decides to do this um, pioneering. Uh, they've, they've done planning and maybe not too much planning. They've got the faith. They're on the ground. So you said kind of opening their home. Would that be typically what you would look to see churches do in this pioneering stage? Just get a home open, get some people round and, uh, and do things? How, how would you spend your time when you're in this phase of life? Well, it, there's various kind of scenarios. But So when we came to Manchester, um, we had a young family, just started school, Mm-hmm. To uh, two boys, so part of it was actually establishing them in yeah. school. So part of our pioneering was actually building a base camp, effectively, for the, the family, buying a house, getting to know the area. So that was uh, part of our pioneering. Basically, it was much more family orientated, and then we started gathering a home group uh, into one of the homes. When we planted earlier than that into a town south of London in North Kent 
there was already a group of people there. Yeah. We had one very uh, young child under mm-hmm. one. And so we basically were able to get in quickly yeah. and, and the group was already gathering there. A few people have been saved. So effectively our pioneering there was much more group orientated, much more gathering orientated. But in the end, both these things need to yes. come together. Establishing yourself in an area, in a town, and actually gathering that first group. And it needs to be done simply with the so houses are the best uh, means of that a lot of coffee shops yeah. in terms of talking to people but fundamentally you're, you're establishing that early small group so given that we're talking about pace when we're in this pioneering phase we'll get some people who all they want to do is rush on to the the next phase of life and quite quickly get sunday meetings and various groups started and you'll probably get some other people who who are enjoying it and actually uh, just want to stay in the home with the friends that they're building Uh, so there's a wisdom call isn't there in when's the right time to move on from this what are some of the things that you'd want to see in place from this pioneering phase before you'd recommend moving forward to the next phase of life okay an interesting thing about um building anything and building a church in particular is what you build in at the beginning tends to have massive effect later on so part of the pioneering phase is building some of the key ingredients for the future and so this is always a tension if you want to build either a big church or multiple churches because the early stage can be so relational easygoing laid back that actually you build in something that actually doesn't give capacity in people's thinking, in people's faith. So part of this pioneering phase is building in the expectation for the future. And therefore, if, if worship is a key ingredient for the future, making sure that worship is a part of that pioneering phase in, in a, a reasonable way. And this can be a, quite a, a difficult thing because you haven't got the people to make things happen but I've learnt over years that what is not built in in terms of expectation and foundations in those earlier days actually is hard to get realigned later on yeah so that would be part of that now in terms of moving to the next phase the the planting stage it, it really varies I remember 20 years ago when I was in the midst of planting the, the, the rule of thumb was get to 30 yeah. 40 people yeah. to make it work um, that was easy when people were floated around there was lots of people in, uh, in, in cities in particular who would join you today uh, especially in the UK uh, when it's a post-Christian environment actually it's uh, you're not going to get those crowds often um, so Starting can vary. I would say it varies on a few key factors. One is the gift of the leader in terms of where do they function best. So if you're if you're a person who's a Bible teacher and uh, somebody who's good in a meeting, then actually trying to get you into that place is good. If you're someone who's highly relational, works a room can network well then sometimes a a public meeting it doesn't do you any favors 
Um, so a, a little bit is the leadership capacity. Another is the type of people that you have. Do you have enough musicians? Do you have enough people who make a public meeting work? So some people can have 20, but so much the right type of people for a meeting, it works. And I think the third thing is venue. Yes. And uh, it's a location <laughs> venue. So if you can get the right venue that works, you're not rattling around, um, it's, in a, it, it's actually attractive, people want to come to it. Then these, I would say, leadership gifted, yeah. the people's gifted and the way that, you know, that God's given them uh, abilities and location, those three um, need to uh, have uh, some significance in that decision. Okay, so um, that kind of quite nicely describes what the shape of the next phase is then. It's kind of the, the public meeting, the venue, and all of that. When you move from that pioneering phase into the planting phase, what would you say are some of the uh, big opportunities before you to start doing things differently? And also, what are some of the, the dangers of moving into that phase uh, if you don't do it well? Uh, so some of the dangers are that it's more work. Uh, so you're in a, a phase where you've got Sunday set up, you're dealing with kids. So in a sense, the, the uh, workload of the congregation or the leader increases. So that's the big challenge, I would say, for any uh, pioneer into planting stage. I think the leader's... Uh, gift mix needs to be very broad so at this point you're a real multitasker yeah. so in your pioneering stage the gathering around you and your family and uh, you, it's it's one unit once you go into the planting stage suddenly you might go to two or three small midweek groups yeah. um, you're running sometimes a prayer meeting you've got your Sunday meeting so you're actually a, a jack of all trades and yeah. sometimes a master of none yeah. And uh, again, that's a challenge for some people. Uh, the opportunities are it's more public, more people are engaged. Um, there's a chance, the real good chance of getting momentum. Yes. So, you know, there's, a, there's some big positives yes. traded off with some big challenges. So you said the use of your time is one of the dangers, that it will, everything will take longer. Yeah. Um, could you give us some... Priorities then, if someone's at this stage of a church plan, got a limited amount of time, what would be the top two or three things that you'd say, right, these are the things you need to spend your time doing? Okay, well, do a few things. That's absolutely top tip. Yeah. So do a few things well. So I was listening to a church planter uh, 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 just recently. And basically, they said, we did Sunday meetings well, we did midweek groups well, and that was it. Yeah. If people wanted to start ministries into the poor, in doing youth work, all sorts of things, we basically said, no, we're going to do these two things yes. well. Now, I'm not saying they are the two things, but basically only do one or two things and do them well. Yeah. Keep it simple. Yeah. Um, I think learn to delegate, learn to... It's a great time to raise leaders. Yeah. And uh, Over the years, we've raised many, many, as you know, uh, leaders and it's during this phase that actually leadership could emerge and it's a bit of a again everything's a bit of a trade-off in terms of 
you being able to keep momentum going because of your energy, your gift and who you are and giving other people opportunity to grow, take responsibility with, you know, a little bit of setback sometimes because of that. But if you can get a core group um, actually taking the weight, then that's great. I was talking to a, a little team who were planting a church just the other day. And really I was saying, Cody, you can up the pace if all of you actually take more responsibility now so it's not just the key yes. leader but actually there's a shared ownership now you're all feeling the pressure when people don't turn up you're all rejoicing when lots of people do so I, I've seen many church planters struggle at this phase because it really is a mixture of you initiating and taking responsibility and sharing yes. the initiation and responsibility with others and so yes. it's some sort of delegation without losing it. Yeah. So this is the planting phase. You said then there's a, uh, a phase to follow it when uh, you'd say the church is well established and, and planted and on the ground. So what are the things that uh, are the difference between those two phases? When you're still in the planting phase, what are the things that are not quite there yet that would be there in a more established church? Okay. It's an interesting question, that, And... Uh, it used to be defined by numbers mm-hmm. years ago. Uh, so, you know, people would say you need 50 to 100 people, etc. Um, I think, again, that is a little restrictive, especially when you're planting into more difficult situations and, and nations. So I think there's two or three things that have got to be key to that planted stage. Yes. One is that it's reproducible. Okay. So when children grow up to adults one of the things about being an adult is you reproduce and so for a church to uh, be planted actually it means that it can replant itself again and again so there's a so that doesn't mean size because you know it can be 12 20 100 there's churches of 150 that can't reproduce Uh, so the reproduction a multiplication built in, I think, is part of it. So planted sound sounds very kind of singular and almost sterile in terms of its yeah. one. But actually, for me, it's completely the opposite. It means it's now fit for purpose yeah. for reproducing. That's the first thing. Second is a multiplication of leadership. So in the, yeah. in Jesus chose his and sent his disciples in twos. Uh, Paul and the apostles always went in team. It, the term elder in the, in the Bible is plural, always there. Uh, so the plurality of leadership is really key. And uh, one of the challenges for a church plant to get established and planted is that the key leader tends to be head and shoulders more uh, able than others. And that's partly because they've taken the pressure of the plant and therefore they've grown <laughs> greatly in it and, and so being able to raise up other uh, peer leaders is really really key and that's why in a planting stage delegation giving responsibility is key so so being able to reproduce uh, having a, a plurality of leadership and I think the third thing that actually there's an outside verification that actually this is planted yeah. so when uh, I think it was James and John went down to Samaria to see what Philip the Evangelist was doing, what they were doing was saying, is this okay? You know, and actually they saw that there's some, these people need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. 
But basically what they were doing is they were saying to Philip, well done, this is great. But Barnabas going into Antioch, exactly the same. He, he actually said he was glad what he saw. Because the, the apostles in Jerusalem wanted to know what was being built there. So actually having, um, you could say apostolic or at least outside uh, senior leadership who actually said, okay, this actually is a church now. It's got the ingredients. People are breaking bread together. The word of God's been preached. It's, it's multiplying. There's uh, good leadership here. So though, I would say for me, simplistically, there are the three things. It's reproducing. It's got multiplication of leadership. And it's actually got some sort of outside verification for it. So it sounds like you're saying that when you, you reach this final stage, that actually the church planting doesn't stop at that point, but uh, it's only just beginning, really. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's why planted is, uh, for me, uh, it, it fits with the peas. <laughs> but uh, in a sense, it's actually the means to a, another phase, yeah. which is, you know, reproducing what has been planted. Yeah. Very good. So we're talking about these different phases of the church plant. We're talking about how to, to pace it. Have you got any final thoughts or words for us on, on any of these subjects? I, I, my encouragement always is, let's plant more churches. Let's raise up more people that would go. Let's think, where can we plant in our area? Where can we send people around the world? Uh, the, the world needs more churches. Absolutely. Thank you very much for your time, Colin. We hope you found this interview helpful. Just a reminder that the full notes on the interview can be found at www.thebroadcastnetwork.org slash episode 54.